Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Matt Aguilar here, and welcome to Comic Book Nation's The Pool List, where we talk all things comics all the time. Uh, I have an amazing crew here with me. Of course, the always uh, wonderful Kofi Outlaw is joining me to talk comics. And today we have a very special guest, our first uh, uh, first debut, uh, as it were. Uh, you were actually used to seeing him in the comments, uh, joining in our <laughs> on our many discussions uh, on the main show. But today we have Damon Gray of Agents of Fandom and Comic Corner joining us to talk comics. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Happy to be here. This is gonna this is gonna be great. Happy to talk comics. <laughs> yeah, awesome. This is like well, a fan so encounter that's you. going right, man. Like, uh, I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even compare what industry I'm thinking of. But like, yes, this is a fan encounter that's going great. And then, uh, yeah, welcome to the show, man. Happy to be here. I'm super excited. I I picked a great week to come on because, man, this this week in comics is just stacked. Yeah, there's there's too much to fit. I I we literally yeah. had to cut stuff. There's other books that will just will not make it on the show uh, that I, I wanted to talk about. Um, but we let's uh let's do a little um shouting out of one of our other projects that we have going on. Of course, we've got many things happening on our comicbook.com YouTube page, a comic book nation YouTube page. One of them is the awesome Chris Killian uh, handles our that collectible show, uh, and he's had a chance to really uh, jump in with to just see the amazing collection that Todd McFarlane uh, has at his uh, offices and, 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 and like everything else that's around his office. You've seen any of his Instagram videos. You've seen glimpses of that. Chris had a chance to actually be there firsthand and also talk all things comics with Todd. Uh, and one of the big things that ties in today is that Spawn number 350 is out on shelves. Uh, it's a big deal, number one, because it's a I mean, you know, how many books make it to 350, right? That aren't uh, Superman and <laughs> Batman and Spider-Man, right? So it's a big deal. But also, if you've been keeping up with the books, it's a big deal on numerous fronts. Uh, Spawn, there's, a, there's a, some new costumes. There's a new ruler of hell. It's a big deal. So uh, number one, check out our show over there. If you haven't checked out our main comic book YouTube channel uh, and check out what Chris has in store for you and then jump in and dive into the comic and find out what Spawn is doing with the rest of the universe. So uh, lots of stuff going on. We can't contain it to just half an hour talking comics, but we're going to do our best. So moving into the let's start with one of the, I think, uh, universal was universally glowing reviews of Ultimate Spider-Man number one. I feel like it's safe to say that was a pretty well-received book across the board. I didn't really see a ton of 
of naysayers. So people are very uh, anxious to see what number two brought. Uh, we do get a, you know, a costume. It is not the costume uh, that everyone is kind of envisioning and what probably what we'll get uh, maybe even the very next issue. Uh, but it is kind of a dive into that seeing this older Peter really start to find out what his powers are capable of, uh, start the superhero journey, which I think uh, is pitch perfect in its execution i did not uh find myself i did not expect to find myself being as entertained by shocker uh as i was <laughs> throughout this entire issue uh this you is just know. delightful the back and forth between them obviously we will do mild spoilers we won't jump into full big spoilers uh but i actually don't think there's a ton even in this issue that we really you know can't touch on uh kofi what did you what did you think of this how does it follow up for you to that first one Oh, this was the do or die moment for me for Ultimate Spider-Man because, you know, the first one just got to thrill us with building out the world and the reveal of what that world looks like and, and kind of this whole premise of Peter being older, him and MJ being married, having two kids and, and all of that. We didn't even have to Spider-Man in that one because it was just building up Peter Parker. And so this was the first issue of Spider-Man of real Spider-Man and could this book entertain me and, and draw me in as a Spider-Man book. And I'm happy to report that. Hell yeah, I'm in like, yeah, I am in like this. <laughs> no this was, I was okay. So I'm old enough to have started reading comics around like the mid 1980s, really the nineties with X-Men and, and that whole kickoff and the carnage saga, like all that is where I begin. But my older brother's 10 years older than me. So I got to read all of his comics from like the seventies, like late sixties into the seventies. I got to read all those like firsthand too. And I, I always say that like Spider-Man was great when it was a world of kind of street level mystery, there were super villains, but they were still connected to like the street and the community and like Peter Parker's world and the mystery of it. Like Green Goblin was a mystery for a long time, not just a weird monster. And who was this person doing this was a big thing. And this book is bringing back all of that. It's bringing back the intrigue of Spider-Man's world, the characters. Like you said, even a character like Shocker gets a whole kind of motif in this book and it's not just about his goofy powers. He's still just as goofy, but he is an actual character. And, and already there's a dynamic with this Spider-Man and this shocker that I love. Um, and you, you see Peter going through the motions, but you also see how it's very different in this context about like what the effect of him being Spider-Man is. It hasn't gotten too heavy or too serious yet, but there are touches of serious things. Like he realizes that he's making missteps like oops. And like, you know, you get these awkward situations that he doesn't mean to do and, and he's got to scramble. So there's still that element of that Peter Parker. I'm barely ahead of life while I'm trying to juggle these two things and I'm making mistakes and I, and I, and I screw things up type type dynamic there. So that was really solid in this and, and it made me interested, interested. And I know, you know, how many times have I done a Spider-Man startup, but this feels fun and I like the world around it. It's already a world that I'm invested in. I'm invested in with people who Wilson Fisk is here, who Uncle Ben is here, who J. Jonah Jameson is here, and like all of those scenes that have nothing to do with Peter or Spider-Man are still really entertaining to me. Also, like, yeah, uh, MJ has never looked better and just seen cooler than you know she is as 
you know, they're finally doing MJ justice. Like this is a modern MJ. She's a kick ass mom. She's out, you know, holding it down while Peter's holding down the domestic front. I love that dynamic. It's actually real. I can't stand all these stupid memes and parenting memes that are the same old, you know, BS. Cause I do a lot. I am a Mr. Mom by a crock pot a lot while I'm doing all this. And so like, it's good to see Peter and seeing that reflected. And so like all sides of this book are cooking for me, man. And the artwork is cooking and I'm excited to see how we're getting to even more traditional Spider-Man, but like the dialogue is there. You can tell, you know, Hickman knows the Spider-Man, the wisecracking him and shockers interactions alone are just so funny. Um, I enjoyed it. Damon, what you thinking? Man, that first issue, I really enjoyed the ending of that first issue. I wanted it to be more grounded than it was. And this is the grounded issue that I was looking for. This is Spider-Man at its best. Like you mentioned, Kofi, the wisecracking. Like, this is Spider-Man against his first villain. And he's screwing up. And it's hilarious. It This just feels, it really truly feels like, oh yeah, this is Spider-Man. This is kind of like the Peter Parker I've been missing for a hot minute and from some other books. And it's weirdly fresh, but at the same time, nostalgic. It's just right in so many ways. And you get to see like, this Peter, the secrets he has to hold and how he goes around that and how he is becoming Spider-Man. Cause he's still not Spider-Man just yet. Right. He's just Peter Parker with superpowers and how he becomes and owns that identity later on. And like when you have Marco Cicciato on the art, like, I mean, you just like, look at this. This is gorgeous, gorgeous artwork. You can't beat it. So the writing is there from Hickman. The art is here. And yeah, I didn't, I don't love the fact that it's like his first suits that all black look, but we're going to get there. And this is a whole journey with Spider-Man. So I've, I dug this. This is incredible. See, and I love that, but I love it for the homage purposes of, Hey, he's got his black suit, Spider-Man. We got it out of the way early. There's not going to be the (laughs) Sam Raimi, like, Oh, you never put him in a black suit. He can always point to this and go like, no, I did early. We're not getting any of that symbol. You crap for, you know, for a while. Um, I, I agree with you. Kofi's probably going to laugh at this, but uh, because anytime uh, kids come into the equation, I turn into just like a big, you know, uh, (laughs) a ball of parenting emotion. But the way this, uh, the way this was done with his daughter, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I won't spoil like all their interactions, but they have, I love that that one point of uh, identity is shared because I just think the way they do it is so, I, it was just imperfectly keeping with what I would expect Peter Parker to be as a parent. Um, juxtapose this to what's happening in Spider Boy, and like that dude doesn't know how to interact with anybody uh, or be any kind of mentor to, I mean, my God, a brick. He couldn't mentor a brick <laughs> in the current universe. But this Peter, yes, this Peter is a parent through and through. And it's just like, it's wonderful to see that uh, their their interactions are 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 so lovely, and I just, yeah, I dig that we're dealing with. We have the, as Kofi mentioned, we have the fun of learning what your limits to powers are, learning to not be so naive, but it doesn't come necessarily with the like, with the often kind of tropish, you know. Oh, I'm a I'm a young person and I'm naive. 
you know, like we, we it's so easy to drift there. So it, it's different. It's just not understanding. It's looking for the best in people and sometimes not understanding that. You know what I mean? It's so it's it's that spun in a different way. Uh, no pun intended. So, uh, yeah, I think the artwork is beautiful. I agree with Kofi. This is MJ and Peter at their at their just a mate like their best. I This is what I've wanted for years um, you know, the, the marriage and all that stuff one more day. I won't get into that cause I'll go down a rabbit hole, but, uh, I just, this is what, this is the light at the end of the tunnel. So if I knew I was getting this, I wouldn't have been so mad for so many years. Maybe <laughs> I saw what they did at the end there with that one more day too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, you guys, you they know guys. what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Uh, amazing. Any uh, before we move on to uh, move over to uh, DC, any uh, any last notes you wanted to leave on Ultimate? You guys need to be reading. Don't mess around. Don't miss out. Like you need to be reading this one. You um, need to go to your comic shop early for it. Yeah, this is the yes. best Spider-Man we've had in years, and it's the perfect place to jump back in. To and it's almost like if you stopped reading Spider-Man years ago, and you're an older fan, even like, or even if you're just like a Anywhere 20 to 40 age fan, like this is a great place to just reconnect with Spider-Man as if time had gone on and Spider-Man got older and now you're jumping back in. So it's it's a good read. And I would highly suggest if you are jumping into this for the first time, uh, you can read Ultimate Spider-Man number one and go from there. But read the four issue mini that kind of sets up this universe mm. and then the Ultimate Universe single issue that really put into place where all this is because all these ultimate issues these ultimate series are going to like lead into that ultimate grander storytelling and things are a little more complicated than this this is just a different marvel universe it's it's way more complicated than that yeah no for sure this is a you need to go out and buy this and and that is a perfect setup uh for our next book uh wonder woman because my God, I just, you know, feel like singing the praises of one book and moving to another. But, you know, damn it, if it applies, I'm, I'm going to do it. Wonder Woman, Tom King's Wonder Woman run has been just everything I hoped for. Um, and in this issue, this is, again, like you're seeing the the way the villains are used in this and the way the narration, because, again, this all ties into the story that's being told to Trinity from previous issues right she's visiting that person in the cell so you're you this is all being told in the form of flashbacks but it never really it never really feels like that because again this is all new information for trinity so it doesn't feel like there's just like a story being told like you know let me tell you the tale of it doesn't feel like that like kind of that throwaway thing it feels real and like you need to pay attention because that's gonna pay off later if we've seen anything from tom king books we know that like sometimes it's the long game but that will come into play at some point uh but just the and then the present tale of wonder woman just being you know all the things he teased before of just wanting to showcase uh how strong she is how how much of a you know a warrior and also compassionate person she is and and the dichotomy between the two all of that is here in spades in a in a big giant uh superhero fight that looks stunning uh sam pierre is just doing some amazing work i mean look the the toral the old like the the 
odes to like those old school fans who love that stuff. The Invisible Jet we've seen in the past, right? The Lasso, all that stuff. Every single issue kind of has one of those homages. Here, it's the spin, and it's just my. My God, it's it's beautiful. So I just I just love how this book is coming together. Uh, we really do kind of come to this is the end of this current uh, chapter, as it were. Um, and then I was bummed to see that there's going to be a little bit of a break. Uh, <laughs> so that's a bummer for me. But uh, I just I cannot rave about this book more. Uh, Damon, how how have you thought about the series to this point, and also you know this particular issue? This series has blown me away, like, so much. Daniel Samperi's art is just stunning. It is work that I am willing in, not more than willing, I want to put, like, over my couch. There's some full-page spreads in here that is just, like, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous artwork. If you're not in for this for the story alone, just just look at the art. It's 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 incredible. But the uh, for, But for the story... This is a very long story that started from the 800 issue with that flashback. I guess the current look of Trinity going to see the sovereign in a jail cell. And this is him telling her that story, like you mentioned. And Tom King books do get a little wordy sometimes. You, It's not for everybody. And oftentimes when he's telling these stories, it comes off almost like a very long uh shakespearean s poetry it's very it's very uh majestic i would say in the storytelling itself with the narration it's very narration heavy at times but if you like that or if you don't like that you can get around it the story that's being put here is incredible you see some of the best of what like wonder woman's rose gallery is and that's oftentimes when we talk about like the Trinity, like Superman has his rogues gallery, Batman has his rogue, his rogues gallery, of course, like one of the biggest ones. But a lot of the times it's like, well, what's Wonder Woman's rogues gallery? And here, Tom King and Daniel Sampera is just like, this is it. And we're not even throwing in the heavy, like we're not even throwing in like Cheetah in this. It's everyone else just to show how good her rogues gallery is and can be. So it's, great like the the battle the fight sequences in here are so well done and although it didn't totally connect with some of the fallout from last issue from diana's side which is probably my only little like where are the wonder girls but other than that this is amazing this is amazing i love this series so much this is like one of my favorite series from last year counting into this year um how, how are you feeling yeah, I mean, uh, this is kind of like, like I said, I mean, I think we're already now confidently in having this in a conversation of Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, in terms of like taking one of DC's female characters and putting a definitive stamp on who she is and like all the ways in the complexity of the character and the core appeal that has made her last for so long. Uh, this book is definitely cooking on that. And this issue... Like you said, this was a superhero fight, but it showed kind of, again, why this particular superhero heroine is different and, and what is different about her. And kind of even the sovereign kind of acknowledging like, oh, you know, you forget sometimes that there are these thematic things about particularly about women like this story is a story about 
a woman who was pushed down into the dirt and and stood back up and pushed back. And we know that story, but we always sometimes forget that Wonder Woman, you know, is that and capable of that. Like, yeah, you can drop something like, you know, mild spoilers like the Washington Monument on her head. But Diana <laughs> isn't going to fall. She's going to put up her hands and and catch that ish. You know what I mean? And like and take that pain. And it, the thing that is just so by the end of this issue. Yeah, like Tom King can it, they get wordy and they get complex and you're reading almost a novel every time or or a small teleplay or something. But in this one, it was this kind of combination of the sovereign's like poetic delivery of all this while the artwork conveys just the brutality of all of it and and just these women get like messed up i mean swan looks like i mean she looks dead i mean no those are spoilers i'm sorry but like you know what i mean there's there's brutality <laughs> in it. there is blood everywhere these women are i mean but they there's even a whole sequence wonderful description of when Wonder Woman is going toe-to-toe with somebody who can actually go toe-to-toe with Wonder Woman, how long that fight lasts, the level of brutality in it, and, and the artwork that goes with it is just insane. It, it, it's just, yeah. They take the, any female hero stereotypes you, you want to talk about get thoroughly worked out in this issue when it comes to action and battle and, and gravity of battle and you know the internal heroism that fuels a hero and it makes them do amazing things so this thing is just fantastic and it said it was the finale of this but um as for the wonder girls in the ending i think there is some tricky things and because remember you have to be careful in this when we're having an unreliable narrator but he does make the hint that you know there's a twist to this that we don't see coming yet and, and once again diana may not she has more tricks up her sleeve, but uh, there are wonderful features in this. I wrote up the article about, you know, getting the Linda Carter twirl in there and, yes. and all those things. And like, yeah, like I said, we've had every staple of Wonder Woman come under the microscope from the tiara, having an awesome moment in that elevator scene and the Wonder Jet being a badass in one issue and all of these things. And as I said, with Daniel's art, like they are just redefining the scale of Wonder Woman, like how she looks what an Amazon looks like comparatively. Like, I love the old anime style Wonder Woman with her and lasso and stuff. I love that art, but like they never did capture the an Amazon. It's like, you're talking about like WNBA players to like other women, you know what I right. mean? Like size wise. And so they always get the size and the dimensions and, and all of that. And like, even the wonder jet, you think of this dainty little thing. It's like, nah, bro, she's flying like a jet bro like it looks like a jet with gatling guns would. Like, there's a size to that and so they are nailing that scale and so i i love that and i and i love that this is going to be in my mind like again the new portrait of wonder woman going forward so um yeah epic things happening here and I don't see it, how you could argue that Tom King, at the very least, even if you don't agree with the swing and how it's being done, has like complete reverence for this character and, and yeah. is trying to share that. So good stuff. Yeah. As someone who still will hold up, you know, Greg Rucka's WW, like Wonder Woman run, WW, Wonder Woman run <laughs> as like my favorite uh, of all time. Um, and there have been some amazing runs, right? So that's elite company. Um, this is 
this is very quickly right there with it. Um, and, and as long as it's one of those things that kind of sticks the landing, you know, obviously we have a lot of questions, especially on the Trinity side and all the mm. future mysteries that we have. Um, you know, one thing I will say is that Tom King, cause I, cause I totally get it. Um, I'm a huge fan of like Aaron Sorkin style writing. Okay. Uh, inspirational, uh, writing and West wing and, um, you know, sunset strip and all those, things there's a aspirational element to the dialogue always has that's not how people in the white house talk but that's how i would want people in the white house to talk and so that's always been something that like an element that i love uh in in comics and king writes the way i want heroes to talk <laughs> it's like there's just a and and the way he sets a scene the way he paints a scene, there's one where she deflects a blow and someone's been talking about her as far as like, you know, get back in the dirt. And she's like, I wasn't made of dirt. I was made of clay. And then I was, I was made of hope and like all that stuff. That's how I want that. That makes you feel something, whether you're looking at artwork or not that I, I could read that on a page by itself and feel something. And that's mm -hmm. what I love uh, about, King's work, especially when it's paired with such amazing artwork. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's a wonderful kind of combo there. Um, also, I will say, uh, completely wanted to mention the second story because there is yes. another delightful one, um, you know, Trinity growing up story that is in the back. And oh my God, it's, it's precious. I know I'm such a, you know, I'm such a, <laughs> I'm such a father of a daughter. I get it. Uh, but it's just adorable. Uh, it, and it's also got such a wonderful Damien moment uh, in it. And I just think he's captured. This book is really also a showcase of like how he's captured them in those brother roles in a way I did not expect. Um, I thought that was going to be good, but I didn't expect this kind of level. So Uh, anyway, I know for time's purposes, we got to move to Batman uh, because uh, we've been talking about Joker year one, and this is the conclusion to that arc in Batman 144. Uh, you know, we we were pretty high on the on the first two. Kofi, do you think this stuck the landing? Um, I don't think it's a it doesn't feel like a landing to me. I'm going to be honest, like it, it feels like we are just at this end of this part of the story that fulfills one piece of a thing we've been building, which is how did Joker be, you know, solidify the persona of Joker. We've kind of gotten that filled in and we've gotten, you know, the mechanics, there were three things this story was doing. Right. And so we got the mechanics of what happened in the GCPD with Gordon and kind of getting through that whole era in the past we got how joker solidified himself as joker and we get this kind of story between batman and joker where you know batman figures out this question about reflecting on joker and kind of that messes with batman in the end in a very weird way um the ultimate joke between them so to speak and I don't know if that hits with the impact unless you kind of go back and read this. This is because of how quickly we are going through this and how much it's covering over time periods. It's been kind of hard to process. I mean, doing a story like this yeah. weekly is ambitious in these three different time periods that we're kind of getting it. But um, credit to Chip Sadarsky for for kind of doing it. And 
Yeah, I don't know if it has the impact of a finished story because I feel like there's still more story. I feel like this is a necessary... I mean, what am I saying? I know previews. I know this is a middle component to a story that we're going to continue after this that we need the implications of all this to help fill in. So it just feels like the middling chapter. And I'm kind of, like I've said in, in every week that we've done this, I'm interested to see how this stuff lands into the larger canon of DC right. afterwards. Like how does then how do we then look at Joker and how does he factor into stories and what does he mean to Batman after this? But um, I like as always with Chip Zdarsky, I'm willing to take on the concepts, but there is always this element of feeling like we are going to keep the can rolling a little bit further before we have to pay the full tab on like settling things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, you know, I this was a great kind of end to this like mini arc. Um, I, I was probably a little, not let down, let down is not the right word, but I was just like, it, it did feel a little abrupt for me. Um, and I kind of almost the few, especially the future stuff, not the stuff like looking in the past and things, but, but the future stuff kind of ended a little abruptly for me. I would have almost preferred to have maybe kept that going in some respect for a little while longer for, to let that breathe. But, um, I still was you know, thoroughly invested. And I'm with you. I mean, I, I think what Chip has done is plants so many seeds here. If you don't think this Batman run is setting the table for like a decade to come, I mean, they're going to be digging from this and you spinning out stories for a long time. And that's what I think one of the goals is anyway. Uh, and to that, it's a success. So I, I, it's a great issue. And I, and I really enjoy this spin on the Joker and I'm curious to see what he does with it when he brings it all together with all the other pieces he's established. Um, Damon uh, and, and Kofi, I'm not sure uh, if either of you had a chance to read Cemetery Kids Don't Die. Uh, number one, uh, I know Damon. I know Damon did. Uh, what did. did you What did you think of this? Is a brand new series, new issue. What do you think? I think it's an interesting concept. It's also a concept I feel like we've seen before in some other things. I I just like can't wrap my brain around but it's like okay a world that you go to when you sleep that's like a video game and you wake up and it seems like oh some of the things that happen in that world happen to you in the real life right so if you like that almost uh ready player one s type of like thing uh then yeah then i think you'll like it the art in here uh not for me personally it's that's a style thing uh but overall as like as a concept i was like all right i, I can i can get into this this is this is decent. It's just, it felt like something I've seen before somewhere else. I got you. And I'm, I yeah, always it, give Zach Thompson books a run, but Kofi, what'd you think? I mean, yeah, this is very like, the, the, I mean, I did read it. It's, it's very early two thousands kind of like existence or what was I thinking? I mean, it's basically flatliners, but instead of, you know, putting yourself half dead, you're just going into a gaming world. Um, severance is another thing that comes to recent memory. Mm -hmm. This idea of like these other selves we have, or even the Rick and Morty night people episode, like, you know, there's all these things that we can read that have this concept. I think it's kind of, uh, it's an interesting commentary on kids today, gaming culture, the kind of absorption that we have and, you know, things I'm definitely dealing with in life. Like, you know, how we get sucked into these worlds, how they can bleed over and affect us in the real world and things like that. And it's a clear metaphor, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I, and I'm not taking away the writing, the dialogue between the kid characters and their kind of gaming lingo and all that is very well done and authentic. But 
I don't think there's any one thing that kind of makes me stick out and say this book is is like, oh, this is the thing I want to pull out of this book and say, hold it up and be like, oh, yeah, this is the thing that you should definitely check out. It's like if this is the kind of genre that really appeals to you, because there's a whole kind of horror fantasy. It's mixing a lot of things. There's horror fantasy, sci-fi, um, real worlds kind of satire. If, if you're into that in an indie comic, then yeah, check it out. But uh, there's nothing to there's no single distinct thing I would hold it up and say this story or this twist or this artwork is so good. You can't miss it. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of a middling of the pack for me, I guess. Well, and I will say moving to um, a book that I think the artwork is absolutely uh, worth it. Uh, blasphemous uh, otherwise is blasphemous, but it's actually spelled blasphemous because for it, for a very, uh, sound reason uh the newest series from murka uh andolfo uh i'm a huge fan of sweet paprika i adored <laughs> that series uh and like all like all of murka's books this one like is very much setting the stage in the first issue in a really big way like there's a lot of information here um and there's a lot of table setting but the world is so different and unique it has just has a vibe of its own just like Paprikas did it. And this one is, you know, uh, talks about hits you right like in the first two pages with an establishing point for the lead character uh, and then starts to really kind of fill in the world and what it's about flashes forward like 600 years later. Right. So this one is a world where pop stars are deities and people are, you know, obviously it's playing on all of the hero worship, star worship that we see in celebrity trends and pop culture and things. Uh, and, but they're literal gods and they're literal immortal. And there's, there's angels and demons like benefiting from that kind of behind the scenes. Right. And so there's this power play there, but there's also the, you know, the thing we always see about how people can, worship something but then also like pick it apart right because you idolize something and you're also sometimes more prone to criticize it and and so it's still like this immortal god but also dealing with that and then there's all these relationships in play there's a lot going on here uh but i just i just love i just love her worlds and i think they're they always pay off uh it, especially if you kind of give it that first issue to really get sunk in and then in issues two and three they really tend to like just hit the gas and move so i i huge fan of this there's a lot of also obviously plays on religion where that holds uh it's so it's just there's a lot going on here the artwork is always stunning i just always love uh the aesthetic so uh i definitely recommend um check it out it's going to be something different from anything else you're getting this week um also the six fingers did anyone have a chance to check out the six fingers i didn't no i didn't I want uh, to though. Damon, what do you think? That is a world that really like throws you into a very established world. Um, this this was interesting. This it, <laughs> it was a little creepy. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because it's a little creepy, and there's so much going on in this book. Like it starts you off with like a, with a really violent murder, and then you kind of go off into like this character's life, and then you realize that there's a little bit of a twist at the end. I was like, okay, I don't know how we got here, but things are happening in this very, very strange, strange world where like there's radiation poisoning and mutant mutations. It's, it's strange. 
I liked it. I, I, I couldn't really put my finger on why, but it was just like the mystery of it all. It felt like there's a lot going on. And I was just, it just kind of left me on a note where I'm like, I kind of need to know more because I don't know what just happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah I just got I've had a title page and uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a, a lot of questions, a lot of murder. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, look, it definitely uh, knows what it's going for. It knows its mm-hmm. audience. Um, I didn't have a chance to finish it. So that's why I'm, like absolving myself of the mm-hmm. conversation, but I, but I definitely agree with you. It's not my typical type of book, but I'm all about like trying to, you know, stretch, stretch myself right now. So I'm going for a lot of books that like I typically maybe not wouldn't jump into. And for the most part, uh, I found to be, uh, I found a lot of them are actually, you know, syncing up with me. Uh, but this one, I'm going to finish it because I already started it. Uh, but I, I don't know if I'll stay on. Uh, it's it's one of those, uh, but it's still I I applaud you know the change of pace. We got probably time for one more book, and then we got to bounce. Uh, Kofi Damon, what, is there a book this week that uh, you wanted to note before we head out? I got um, Nightwing. Uh, you guys can talk. I'll just say I know you threw in Rick and Morty, but I just want to say a PSA that I hate when Rick and Morty does comics because trying to read what Rick and Morty do on TV with dialogue is mind-bogglingly obnoxious just to me. I can't do it. <laughs> So stop trying to do that to me. And yes, it's a funny deconstruction of Sherlock Holmes because it's in public domain now, but like trying to read their dynamic in words makes me want to jump out the window like like Tommen and Game of Thrones. So please stop doing this. Wow. Oswald's coming. Public domain, baby. You know it's coming. It's happening. Uh, Damon, take us out with Nightwing, because I, I, you don't get to talk about Nightwing enough on this show. It's been a fantastic run. What did you uh, think of the latest? I love this run so freaking much. This is potentially, if this nails its landing, one of my all-time favorite comic runs, period. My favorite run ever is Hawkeye, and this just has, like, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, and this just has, like, the same vibes. It's hopeful. It's just every time I kind of pick up an issue, it just makes me feel good. And I kind of want that when I read superhero comics sometimes or the majority of time. I just want to feel like a little bit like, yeah, things are great. And that's what I get from these Tom Taylor books. And this one, we're starting to wrap up the end of this run, which breaks my heart because I want this to go on forever. And it's not. (laughs) Unfortunately, nothing can last forever. So we're at a point now where Dick Grayson for some reason we don't know why yet is unable to leap he's unable to take a jump off a building and fly through bloodhaven we don't really know why yet and this villain that's been going on around that's been stealing hearts is kind of like lingering now through the background and what i love about just dc in general i want to talk about this on the wonder woman book but I'll bring it up here is DC's grander continuity things tying into each other has been so good right now. Whereas something that's happening in an event really does get brought back up into this book, something going on. Wonder woman can get brought back up into another book as well. It's just, it really feels like a proper world where things are happening. It's affecting other books, at least a little bit. So onto this, like I do miss Bruno Redondo's art here. It's that's such a hard thing to kind of replace, but I I think Conrad, the artist does pretty well here to kind of like mimic it and replicate it in a way. But this book, it's, it's just feel good. 
And it's cool to see like Dick and Batman have like good moments together. And like there's still the ongoing trauma of losing parents at a young age still kind of lingers on. It's just, it's great. I love this book. Yeah, I could say a lot of the same things for how I feel about Superman, which also came out mm-hmm. this weekend. It's fantastic. Uh, it Jamal Campbell's artwork is brilliant, but um, while he's not on currently in the interiors, uh, they're doing a fantastic job finding artists that really uh, cater to that particular chapter of the story and still capture what the book, the theme of the book, and the feel and the vibe of the book. So um, that is all the comments we got time for. There's more. We couldn't cover them. That's how stacked this week is. Uh, we hope you enjoy the pull list. Let us know what books you want us to cover, uh, what books you want us to cover more, which ones you're liking. And of course, you can find even more of our content on our Comic Book Nation YouTube page, our main comic book YouTube page, and of course, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any of your chosen podcast platforms. Until next week, deuces. Peace.